you'll look inside your program, I would really encourage you to take your program and follow along with you. I want to talk to you about taking the Lord's name in vain or misusing the Lord's name. Now, the older translations of the Bible, like the King James Version and the New King James Version and the New American Standard, translate Exodus 20, verse 7 by saying, You shall not take the Lord's name in vain. But now the more modern translations of the Bible, like the uh, New Living Translation, the uh, NIV and the Contemporary English Version, all say on Exodus 20, verse 7, that is, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Men who are taking the name of the Lord in vain or those who are misusing the name of the Lord. Of course, you recognize that that comes from the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, the third commandment was about misusing the name of the Lord. The state of Alabama several years back had a huge controversy when one of the federal judges by the name of Ray Moore inscribed a, had inscribed a copy of the Ten Commandments and brought it inside the federal building in Alabama. And there was great upheaval and people who were suing the state and suing Judge Moore because of what he had done. And uh, ultimately, we find that they had to remove the Ten Commandments because it was considered to be religious and the uh, state cannot be involved in that which was religious. Now, one of the uh, strange things is that 80% of Americans are in favor of a public display of the Ten Commandments. Whether it is in a federal building or whether it's in school or wherever it might be, most people in America are in favor of that, but only a small percentage by their complaining have had the Ten Commandments removed from places that they previously were. There are two places in the Bible that you find the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5. And the giving of the Ten Commandments is a wonderful story about God. It begins, you may remember, when the Israelites had come out of bondage that they had been in 430 years in Egypt. And God led them out and they came to the Red Sea. And then miraculously the sea was divided and the people of God were able to go through on dry land. And when the Egyptian army decided to follow they found that the waters caved in and the army was wiped out because of the power of God. Well, the Israelites then made their way down to Mount Sinai, sometimes called Horeb. And it was on that mountain that God was going to meet with His people. Exodus chapter 19, verse 20, the Bible says that the Lord ascended on Mount Sinai and He called Moses up. So you can imagine what kind of a call that would be, that you're heading up on the top of the mountain to, to meet with God. The Bible says that there was a thick mist that appears, and so here in the midst of the mist, we find that Moses is making his way up, and a great thing happens. He has taken with him two tablets of stone, and on these stones, we find that God is going to write the Ten Commandments. If you got your Bible, you may want to check that out. Exodus chapter 31, verse 18. The Bible says that they were inscribed by the finger of God. Can you imagine 
holding in your hand something that had been written by God? Well, Moses, unsure, treasured these as he came down from the mountain. But when he got down to the bottom, he found that the people were gathered around an idol, a calf made out of gold. And the way that they made a calf out of gold was that they would make a wooden likeness of what the uh, item was that they wanted to worship and then cover it over with gold. And so Moses, when he saw that, he took the powder, he took the uh, golden calf and ground it into powder and put it in the water and made the people drink it because of their giving themselves over to an idol rather than to the living God. Well, the Bible says that Moses then went back up with two other tablets. And Exodus chapter 22 verse 16 says, And the tablets were the work of God, the writing was the writing of God. You see, you and I, as we uh, look at the Bible, we think of it as being the inspired Word of God, but it was written by man. But the Ten Commandments were actually the writing of God. And God wrote them down so that we would know exactly how He wanted us to live and what He wanted us to do. Well, the third of the Ten Commandments was, You shall not take the name of the Lord in vain, or you shall not misuse the Lord's name. So number one, let me tell you that there were ten commandments that were given by God. Now, these ten commandments were ones that were so important that later we even made a movie about the ten commandments. And it was a very popular movie, giving forth the way that the ten commandments were made and what it was that they stood for and what they were. But what a sad thing it is that there is a small group of people that have been able to cause the removal of the Ten Commandments from our public buildings and also from our schools. Kind of an unusual thing is that there is inscribed over the uh, Supreme Court building a uh, picture of Moses holding the Ten Commandments because they were so important, because they were given by God. The Ten Commandments are actually divided up into two sections. One through four are stories about how we are to love God. And then five through ten are how we are to love people. Now, of course, the most important ones probably are the ones that have to do with the name of God. Well, number two, what is it that is in a name? And why is God so sensitive about His name? Uh, You may remember that when Jesus was asked to teach us to pray, that over in Matthew 6, 9, Jesus said this, You pray this way, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. If you read that over in the New Living Translation, it reads this way, May your name be kept holy. Here was the name of God that was to be used in such a way that it was to be honored and it was considered to be something holy. You know, you begin looking around at names, we find that you have all kinds of different things happen involving people's names. When I was in high school, there was a boy that played on our football team and his name was Tommy Haug. And uh, guys, when they really wanted to get under his skin, they would call him Tommy Hogg. 
And uh, boy, he didn't like that at all. I found that there are a number of people that have put together names that people have used in our country and, and are kind of unusual. There was a name for a fellow who was a barber. And his first name was Dan, and his last name was Druff. So you can imagine as people had fun with, with that name. And uh, I read that there were a pair of policemen, and their last names were Go Forth and Ketchum. Yeah, hopefully they were able to do what it was that their names implied. And there was a gynecologist whose name was Zoltran Overy. And my favorite was the uh, urologist whose name was Dr. P.P. Peters. Uh, I guess that you have that name, you are stuck with it. But you know, when you uh, look for a name for your children, you know, it's important what you name them. And I wonder how many of you uh, had any controversy with your husband or your wife when you had your children and you were going to give them names. Now, my wife and I had a big argument about that, I hate to tell you, but... Uh, our first child was a boy, and I thought a good boy's name would be Buck. She didn't think that would be too good of a name. And then when we had a daughter, I wanted to name her Star. Uh, and it went over pretty good till my wife found out that I had an old girlfriend named Star, and uh, she didn't think that would be too good of a name for our daughter. So when I got a female bird dog, I named her Star, so I did get my name at least a little bit. Now, the Hebrews thought that it was so holy, the name of God was so holy, that you could not even speak the name of God. And so when they would write the name of God, they would use these four letters capitalized. Y-H-W-H. Now, you can see that there are no vowels in there, and so the name would be unpronounceable. And so they thought that the name of God was so holy and so righteous that they were not even able to pronounce the name of God. There are three things that I think the name of God, or the name, the word name, has to show us and teach us about what a name does. Number one, a name has sometimes to do with your reputation. And when the name is just mentioned, you know exactly who it is, and what kind of person they are. For example, if I mention the name Lee Harvey Oswald, what do you think about that name? Well, immediately you think of somebody who was a traitor and a murderer. When you mention the name Mother Teresa, what do you think? Well, immediately there is the association with one who loves and one who serves people. If you mention the name Billy Graham, what do you think of? You think of somebody who is a noted American Christian preacher. So you see, when your person's name is mentioned, there's a reputation that kind of goes along with that. Secondly, the word name also has to do with a person's character. You got your Bible over in the book of Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8 and 9. We find these words that were uh, written by Solomon concerning the name. He says, Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal, and so dishonor the name of my God. He said, You see, you do not want to be one 
who dishonors the name of your God. Because the name has to do with your character. And thirdly, the name has sometimes has to do with authority. You remember Jesus, when He gave the Great Commission, He told His disciples, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So a name was very important, and to God, His name was very important. Well, number three, let me show you the scariest story in the Bible about the name of God. If you happen to have an Old Testament with you, turn back with me, if you will, to the book of Leviticus, chapter 24. And in Leviticus, chapter 24, we find the story of two men. And one man uh, is an Israelite, and the other man is part Egyptian. And these two fellows get into a fight. And the Bible, as it talks about it, says this, Exodus 24, 11. The son of the Israelite woman blasphemed the name. If you got your Bible, you'll see that the word name there is capitalized, meaning that it is the name of God. The son of the Israelite woman blasphemed the name with a curse. Well, what are you going to do with a man who has blasphemed and cursed the name of God? Well, the Bible says that they decided they would just put him into custody until the Lord gave Moses the instruction as to what he wanted to do. And so the instructions came, verse 14, Take the blasphemer outside the camp and have the entire assembly stone him. Because a man blasphemed the name of God, they took him out and they stoned him to death. And then verse 16 ends this way, Anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord must be put to death. Wow! Somebody who blasphemed God's name used that in the wrong way. I mean, they were killed. Have you ever heard that old uh, saying, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. I want to tell you, that's not true. If you misuse the name of God, it could be fatal. Because God does not want His name misused or used in vain. Well, number four, let me ask this question then. How can you misuse the name of God? How are, and what do you need to do to be guilty of doing that? Well, number one, let me tell you that sometimes you can do that by cursing or swearing. Oftentimes that is something that is done in anger. And after using the name of God, some add D-A-M-N. And as you are using God's name in that way, you're using it in the way that God said His name is not to be misused. Let me just ask you, have you used the name of God that way? Have you cursed and used the name of God and misused it? God said, whatever you do, I do not want you to misuse my name. Number two, sometimes I believe people misuse the name of God by trying to impress people. And they will say, well, you know, God told me 
And supposedly, you are to listen to the idea that comes to that person because of what they're saying came from God. And oftentimes that is not true. Someone has just said that so that they could impress you, but it's a misuse of the name of God. Well, number three, sometimes you can misuse the name of God by trying to intimidate people. Now, if you ever watch some of the evangelists who are on TV, they will say something like this. Well, God told me to have you send in a thousand dollars or else I'm going to have to go off the air. So God told me to do it and you better send it in. I want to tell you something. I believe that that's a misuse altogether of the name of God. Number three, number four. Sometimes people use the name of the Lord impulsively without thinking. And they use the name of our Lord. And they say, Jesus. And then usually right after that, they say, Christ. You ever been around somebody that way? That here they are just blasting out. I was, uh, several years ago, I was down at the YMCA and there was a, a fellow who was uh, pretty close to me sitting on a bench there, and he was just blasting out the name of Jesus Christ. And I walked up to him and I said, Wait just a minute. I would sure appreciate if you would not use my Lord's name that way. I'll tell you, I thought he was going to punch me. Fortunately, he didn't. He just kind of sat there brooding, but he at least stopped. But I want to tell you, when you use the Lord's name that way, then you're using it in a way, I think, that is opposite of what God wants. Remember that passage over in the book of Philippians, where the Lord, Paul wrote that the Lord said that God gave Jesus a name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I hope that you're never going to use our Lord's name that way. Then number five, let me tell you this. You also can misuse the name of the Lord by your conduct. Listen to this verse. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 19. Everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. You see, not only your words, but your very lifestyle is to be that which gives honor and glory to God. And if you have made the confession that you are one who is a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, then your conduct and your lifestyle needs to agree with that. Let me show you a powerful passage of our Lord from the book of Matthew chapter 12. If you got your Bible there, I'd appreciate it if you'd just flip over there with me. Matthew chapter 12 Verse 36 and 37. And I want you to listen carefully because this is very important. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Did you get it? You're going to have to give an account unto God for every word you have spoken. 
And if you have misused the name of God, and if you have used in vain the name of our Lord, God said you're going to have to give account for that. And I hope and pray that you and I realize how important it is. You see, those words, do not misuse the name of God or do not use the name of God in vain, they were not just words that some man wrote, but they were actually written by the finger of God so that you and I could understand and live that way. William Booth was the uh, founder of the uh, Salvation Army. And he was known as a man with strong convictions. He came to the end of his life and he realized that he was about to die. And his family knew and they were gathered around him. And he would kind of go in and out of periods where he would be lucid. And sometimes he would just as wide awake as could be. And sometimes he just kind of fading away. And while he was there, uh, a man who was his attorney came to see him and said, uh, Mr. Booth, he said, if you will sign these papers, this will really help facilitate things when you're passing. He said, I don't know. All I need is just your signature on these three pages. And so while Booth was in his cognitive state, he was in good shapes, he got a pencil and he signed the first paper and he signed the second. And he signed the third. And then he just kind of shut his eyes and passed away. It was kind of a peaceful way to go. But the attorney then got the papers and he looked. And Booth had not signed his name. But he had signed another name. And on each of the papers he had simply written, Jesus. 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 And here, as he prepared to meet his Lord, what his heart was full of was Jesus Christ. And I hope and pray that as you live and as you serve and as you go about your daily business, you'll realize how important it is to not use the Lord's name in vain or to not misuse the Lord's name, but to do it in a way that's going to be honoring and glorifying to the Lord every day that you live. Would you pray with me? Holy Father, we live in a world that's full of people misusing your name. And Father, I pray that as we live as your representatives, that we will never be guilty, dear Father, of misusing the holy name of our Lord. Dear Father, just bless us and may we be a good influence to those around us, if they see that we are living and we are serving and we are honoring our magnificent Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to sing a song of invitation this morning. and Maybe there's a way we could be of encouragement to you. Maybe you say, you know, I'd like to be a part of this church family. If that's your desire, we would just welcome you with open arms. Maybe you'd like to come today and confess your faith and be baptized into Christ. Or if there's any other way we could be of service to you, I'll be at the front and our elders will be at the back. And we would encourage you to come as we just stand and sing our song of invitation together. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, 
He abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of His love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor He shows and the joy He bestows are for those who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet we will sit at His feet or we'll walk by His side in the way. What He says we will do when He sins we will go Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey.